name is Dave Hanratty, and there will be no encore live from County Clare. That's right, I'm on holidays this week, but I just couldn't. I couldn't leave my work at home. I decided, let's do a podcast. And so I'm joined in this gorgeous, gorgeous studio by two men, two incredible musicians and good friends. On my right, we have the one, the only, the music man, Dahio Droney. Hello, how are we getting on? Back on the show. Uh, how's it going? You good? I'm good. I'm delighted, yeah. Delighted to have you down. Delighted. And uh, to your to, to your, your right, my left, is um, <laughs> uh, the incredible man who's been providing rhythm in a live circumstance for you for quite some time now. He plays drums for Dahi, he plays drums for Houseplants, and as a matter of fact, when it comes to that, he's also the, you could say he's the main man behind the scenes these days, because he is the operational director of Dahi Music. Yes. It is Alex Ridley. Hello. How are you, man? I'm good. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Alex's first time on the show. It's exciting. Alex's first time on the show. Yeah, that's correct. Long time listener, I believe. Long time listener. Yeah, long time. But I think I was like always in the back of my head of like, God, I hope we do a gaming one one day and just maybe they're going to ask me. Maybe. <laughs> do you know like that? We well, go to a gig and it's like, we need someone to play the drums forever long. <laughs> oh, I can do that. <laughs> Today is your lucky day. Top five this week is top five diegetic music in video games. This was Dahi's suggestion. Dahi, what the hell does diegetic mean and what will we be doing with it? Yeah, so diegetic music, it's in uh, film and it's in video games and stuff like that. It's basically music that's not scored, so stuff that's not like a, uh, like a needle drop or kind of score from a film. It's like if a radio is playing in the background, it's diegetic music. Or if, um, we'll say, somebody is singing in the background or something like that, that's diegetic music. So there's lots of uh, examples of it in video games that are very fun to talk about and it's a good way to um, explore ideas in video games I think right? would you almost say it's like breaking the fourth wall a little bit sometimes yeah or I would candy, say so I suppose yeah definitely yeah I mean it, they do they, they use it a lot as a kind of a nod for different things Correct, and everything yeah. as well this um, is going to be a video game heavy podcast by the is. way so Buckle up. <laughs> if that isn't to your liking maybe tune out after the news section but uh, <laughs> not just yet we'll see, see if, we can, if we can retain the listeners um, yes so before we get going on the news section I guess you know it's been a while since you've been on the show Dahi last time we had you on was when you were in Dublin you were promoting Lakelands, the motion picture, mm, which yeah. you, uh, of course, were if nominated for, and was, you continue you continue to work in the film score world. You've been up to a lot of different things. So where where do we start? Because I think people are going to be like, "What's that guy up to these days?" Who knows? Yeah. Um, so I uh, I'm working on a film currently called uh, Christy, which is Brendan Canty's um, directorial debut. Um, it's an amazing film uh, that's been filmed in Cork. Uh, should be out probably at the end of next year, I would say. So I'm uh, mainly focusing on that at the moment. Um, we both just finished uh, working on a kind of a festival um, called Common Threads, which uh, what took place in Ballyvaughan last month, um, which was great. It's basically like a kind of a an, an arts event where you kind of start off in the middle of the day in the village and then everybody gets on buses and you go to all these different locations around the village um, and see some amazing gigs. And we uh, we had a lot of work. But a logistics it, nightmare. A logistics nightmare. But, uh, How did the but operational it, director fare on that one? It was, it was crazy. He was driving... <laughs> A lot of different locations. We, we yeah, racked we, up a lot of mileage. We did a lot of mileage that weekend. Yeah, a lot of mileage. <laughs> but it was amazing. We got like, you know, Paul Noonan playing in the Alwee Cave. So everybody come down and see Paul Noonan in the Alwee Cave. We had all sorts of people playing. Junior Brother was there, Neve Regan, AMAC. Um, and it was a big success. So I think we're going to be doing a it. Huge success. Yeah. Going Great forward. Day. So, no, um, um, no problems, no issues. Yeah. Yeah, Everyone yeah. was super happy. Yeah, great, great, great time. 
It was great because it was it was just basically uh, the thing I'm really enjoyed about moving out to Clare is bringing people down and showing them around. A bit like what you're doing this week. It's true. Uh, He's done that, it, folks. I'm on holidays <laughs> down here. Exactly. In yeah. case you hadn't picked up on that. And Common Threads is like that basically on steroids. It's like one weekend where like everybody comes at once and we really we really go hard. So it's great. Yeah. This for me though was uh, very much Dave comes by himself and uh, <laughs> sees you in the evenings on occasion because uh, the classic case of wanting to get out of the city and boy did I pick a good time to get out of Dublin City <laughs> given the events of last week. Um, we should yeah. have given Dave like the personal common threads experience and driven him around to the venues. Oh yeah, with had, no like, gigs private. at yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. This is where it was on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I've, I, like I've been enjoying gorgeous downtime though. Uh, and where else have I, have I been doing that? I've been doing that in your in your incredible artist retreat, the Beekeepers, which yeah. has been much talked about. And See, I feel like people I've had on the show. You know, the podcast this year have been down there. Lots of my friends have been down there. I remember when you were putting it together in the first place, and now I'm finally here. So uh, for anyone who doesn't know what The Beekeepers is, Dahi, can you enlighten them? Yeah, so The Beekeepers is a, an artist retreat. Um, it's basically where um, an artist can kind of go and just work on whatever they're working on for uh, three, four, five days at a time. I feel um, like I should just jump in here and say I'm not an artist. <laughs> Podcaster. <laughs> yes, I, 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 like, I haven't played drums in 10 years. Yeah, yeah, but you're a writer an as well. We get an awful lot of writers as well. I'm telling uh, you, when this operating directing gets too much, for me, I'm going to need someone to step in. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Fair. yeah. I'll pick um, up the sticks again. But yeah, but it's your first first kind of time doing a proper beekeepers uh, stay. How'd you go? That's been great. Yeah, honestly, like it's it's hard not to sound like a like a shill here, but like I mean, it genuinely has been exactly what I needed because you know the hecticness of Dublin life and you know working in a newsroom and all that kind of stuff. I was very much looking forward to just turning off the world. Yeah. For like five days or so, and that's what I've been doing. Like it's 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 a gorgeous, it's a genuinely gorgeous setup. And even like you know, I went for a nice long walk the other day, and yeah. I I bumped into a couple of hill walkers. And like next thing I know, I was like, sh- I, I shook their hand at the end, which I was like, what am I, what am I doing this for? I was like, I'm Dave, by the way, hand out, and like, oh and they were like, so Eugene and Marion, if you're listening, it was a pleasure to chat to you for about half an hour awkwardly as we found ourselves in the same path. That's so amazing. Yeah, but uh, no, this I, I, I came here a year ago, of course, and um, I, you know, I'm not as familiar with Claire as perhaps you know lots of people would be, including you because you're from here. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. it's a gorgeous part of the world, and the beekeepers is great. It's, it's a really yeah, nice. Spot it's a nice time to come as well because you know. Know, the whole place is so seasonal that like in the summertime it's quite busy and it's kind of quite running around and stuff but uh but in the wintertime it's lovely and quiet and much kind of calmer and stuff as well you know so it's great yeah and also general other projects you know you, you've been very like the busiest man in the country is what i've been saying to people not anymore he's got me <laughs> yeah 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 well basically we've been, we've, it's been it's been going well enough that Alex is now on as a kind of almost like a full time kind of person who's working on the on the, the different bits and pieces as well so that's been really great yeah I mean god yeah like I did a, another I did a short film called Yellow Belt that's kind of going to start doing the rounds now pretty soon and we're in the middle of working on um, houseplant stuff for next year mm-hmm. so yeah, plenty going on as usual. But um, yeah, it's you great. also have uh, one final plug here. You have a gig coming up at the end. I do. at the end of the year in Dublin. <laughs> I do. Yeah, December sixteenth. A different kind of show. Yeah, December sixteenth. So I've been kind of working on this kind of show this year, uh, kind of a solo show that's based around Italo disco. So it's kind of uh, much more kind of an eighties based type thing. So all the Dahi stuff is kind of remixed into something kind of completely different, and it's all kind of improvised. So it's uh, you kind of make it up on on the spot using kind of loops and samples and stuff like that um, but it's a really fun show and we're doing a, a late night gig in the Workman's Club main room um, and tickets from what I heard today are flying out so if you are going make sure you get your tickets now and who are you performing alongside? Uh, the great Elaine May the wonderful Elaine May yeah special guest myself and Elaine are very good long time friends and this is going to be kind of like a Christmas party for us as well. so it'll be lovely Sorry. it's no joke how good this improvised show is like when he does <laughs> these solo shows I get to go along and not play anything and actually just be a punter and it's the 
best crack. <laughs> Saturday, December 16th in the Workman's Club, be there. But yeah, I guess Lassie, before we before we jump on, uh, it, it, is he a nightmare to work for? He's exhausting, I assume, well, every I'm, day. I'm legally not allowed to say anything about <laughs> that. This is a safe space. You know? uh, no, he's, he's, he's the absolute best. I'm truly privileged to be able to work. <laughs> That's not a joke. It's just, <laughs> this is sincere. <laughs> it's truly privileged like to be able to work with him. I've learned a lot. Uh, I've known him for a long, long time. But to be able to work as closely as we do, it's it's pretty incredible. And then to be able to come on board with the studio, uh, I don't know, helping out with beekeepers, common threads, things like that, everything. To be able to be involved in all those is is pretty incredible. And he's just a nice guy. Mm, lovely. I've heard. I've heard tell. <laughs> I've heard people say it. Dahi Inc. Dahi Inc. Congratulations. Dahi, Dahi Music Limited. All right, listen, uh, you're both here for the whole show. So let's jump into the famous news section. Adam, in post-production, can you hit the news thing, please? Start spreading the news. So yeah, news-wise, I've, I've taken the liberty this week of not sending you guys the news story. So I'm just going to confront you with um, with mysterious things, okay? okay. How, how's that feel? I love that. That feels good. No pressure at all. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys saw yesterday, but um, uh, an amazing thing to wake up to at the start of the week. I checked my email, right? Got a press release. Press release told me that a certain man is coming to Ireland for a gig, right? A rare opportunity, <laughs> if you will. To finally, I've been waiting patiently for this, to finally see (laughs) Nile Rodgers and Sheik perform in Dublin. Who could believe? One incredible night in St. Anne's Park. Don't miss it, folks. In where? St. Anne's Park? Yeah, it's a a co-headliner with Tom Jones. With Tom Jones? Mm -hmm. I'd go and see Tom Jones. Tom Jones is the bigger story. Called the Ages and Stages Tour. So we we supported Chic once we as did. houseplants. I tell you, had the opportunity. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Belfast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Once in a lifetime opportunity. How, how was to that? Support Chic. It was a really tough gig, actually. It was difficult. Yeah, it was a lot of. <laughs> it was like way a far was, bigger show than we'd ever played. It was lash and rain, and there was mud like, everywhere. So many people running around on stage getting things organized yeah. while you were playing. Yeah. Well, no, while we were trying to set up for sound check and stuff, but it's just like you know you do those sound checks back to back like that all the time, but they're normally in. And they have you know, these hundred seater venues, not not yeah. stadiums. Lost. She have these like huge flight cases uh, that are just like up against the side of the stage, and I didn't know what they were. I well, there's so much funk contained within those yeah, cases. Yeah. Like, you have funk, to just, funk cases. Yeah. Yeah. You have to bottle it and bring but it over. You'd, you'd open them, and they're just like all costumes. Yeah. Like just like they all had like 20, 30 costumes each, and they would just go up to the stage on their sound check and just like choose something and then put it on and then go out. You guys dress up though at the shows, houseplants, you wear, yeah, you wear suits. We do, suits. We do yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is great. It's really nice to dress up for the show. I was going to ask, great. is that a decision that you've come to regret? Especially you, Alex, because you know, you're a drummer, you know, like wearing, wearing a constricting shirt and um, slick slacks. You know, it's it's <laughs> slick slacks. <laughs> I would always get disappointed that I like told myself, well, I can't wear a jacket because I got a drum. And then have since been to see loads of people wearing jackets as they drum. And I'm like, I have to. No, but it's like. It, I, th- I think I should. I think I really should. What if you cut the sleeves off like a metal? Drummer. Yeah, I could do that absolutely. Yeah, while it's like some school of rock kind exactly, of exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The alternative <laughs> some, member uh, of the band. Bolts put in around the um the, uh, the collar. The, <laughs> he- the heat is the thing. Like you can kind of you we almost play a game. It's almost Paul particularly as well. Who's just like, like if it's getting too hot, like who's going to be the person to take off the thing first? Like every single one of those songs heat. is 142 BPM, yeah. and they're <laughs> all 16 double time. Yeah, like, every single all, one of them. Super speed. Like yeah, it's very difficult. But I would like to try it. I never have done it. Okay, you're not wearing like cargo shorts under there, no? 
You no, I've only ever worn shorts kinda... for one show, and that was that was beyond the pale last year. Oh yeah, good call. And I wore uh, some some tiny tiny shorts because that was roasting. <laughs> Otherwise, no, you got to persevere. You got to you got to dress to impress for those shows. That's true for house bands in particular. Yeah, it's house bands code. Yeah, it is, and it, it's lovely. Like it's nice. You feel like you're getting dressed up, and it's fancy. And it is yeah, a nice little great. ritual before coming out on stage. Hundred mm-hmm. yeah. percent. Did you did you talk to Nile Rogers that day? That's the question. No. I didn't actually. I didn't, I didn't see, see him. him at all. No, but I have talked to Nile Rogers before. Uh, in the Galway Arts Festival about three or four years ago, I got introduced to him. And, oh, he uh, played another gig here, did he? Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he did play another no gig. Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One that's, of his only other gigs. That's three yeah. gigs. That's top. Yeah, yeah. Three in the big top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Three chances to catch Sheik in Ireland. That's we talked about we talked about <laughs> Halo <Herald> and stuff. <laughs> we talked about Halo for like a good thirty minutes. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's he did some of the music for Halo. Okay. There's a really weird, if you listen to the Halo 3 soundtrack, like about like four or five tracks in, you just suddenly like a bang a bang <laughs> over like the choir <laughs> guys <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's literally in there. You can check it out. It's like... <laughs> he really, really like <laughs> put, put himself out there with that one. <laughs> I remember uh, Picnic before, I think I've said this before, but like I was interviewing George Ezra in the backstage area. And while I was interviewing George Ezra, I heard someone shout at him in what sounded like kind of aggressive tones. And George Ezra kind of looked around and he was like, what? And then he started laughing. He's like, oh, you. And I turned around and it was not Rogers in full regalia. <laughs> that was also the same thing where like they were on stage when she were on stage and they, when they did like the long 17 minute intro to Get Lucky. And he was like, this next song, he was like, you know, it's uh came together when I hooked up with two French guys from France. So I was like, <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> Good stuff. Wrap it up. But, but this gives me the opportunity. I do this all the time. Um, let's do the tally, right? So according to setlist.fm, the website, oh, okay, the, yeah. website that collates concert dates around the world, um, this new gig, so the one in 2024 with Tom Jones, will mark how many performances by Nile Rodgers. Oh, my God. On the island of Ireland since 2009. So the site doesn't go back further than this one, so I don't know if yeah. 2009 was the, was the debut. I have to imagine Nile Rogers was here before that, but... 2009 got, was probably like the comeback, was I've it? I've got data up until 2009. Alex, how many times... So next year's gig, next summer's gig, what number of live performance in Ireland by Nile Rogers? And I guess Sheik probably as well, but Nile Rogers is the main one here. So what do you reckon? That's tough, because I'm going to absolutely ballpark it. I'm not, I have no clue. So I would like to say... Since 2009. 2009? Since 2009, yeah. So that's um, like, what? How many I'd years? Li- I'd like to say... That's 15, 13 years? I'm next, so bad at it, It'll be 15 years by... years. Yeah, but by... 14 years. Including next one. Ne- next yeah. one, that'll be 15 years. Okay. So 15 years of Nile Rodgers and Sheik on the island of Ireland. So this includes up north as well. Yeah. Okay. Includes like... Okay, you know, Inclu- okay. okay, so then... Yeah. So Northern Ireland and, and yeah. Dublin gate, The island two. of Ireland. Of course, yeah. So that's twice the amount that you think it is... Well, that's but then I'm, I'm already at only least. looking at four. Not always, so though. Like, not always, so I'm, so I'm going to have to just guess it, and I'm going to go with it 11. 11 times. That is I'm going to go a lot guess. more. I'm going to go a lot more. Alex is saying 11 times since yeah. 2009. Let's say, let's say he did, uh, like, whatever, so 15. Let's say he did, like, a gig a year, which he probably has gone close to. Do you think so? Yeah, and then if he's done, like, if he's done a couple of those as tours and did Belfast and Dublin, I'm going to say... Fair. 25. The answer, next summer's gig will mark his 30th gig. Oh my God. <laughs> Since 2009 okay. on uh, the uh, island that, of Ireland. That's close enough for me as an educated guest. Now, in contrast, I have a couple of comparatives because uh, the National, who come here quite a lot, mm-hmm. right? They first played here in 2002 in Dublin. I think it might have been Whelan's. Uh, they played as recently as September in the Three Arena. They played all around the country. Yeah. The National have played in Ireland since 2002 38 times. Oh my God. 38 times. 
And I, I'd say they sell out more than she When could. you say all around the country, though, where... Cork, they played, they played like, you know... Yeah, they played like the Marquee. Marquee. Yeah. yeah, or they do like they did a, a festival. festival. They do I like suppose, a yeah, that's yeah. fair. They did all together now, last yeah, year. Yeah, they, they did, that's right. Yeah. Uh, is, the is, that, is the national, the, the international act who has played the most in Ireland? Maybe. I looked at some other ones. I have two more examples. They're UK, because I just thought of these off the top of my head. Louis Capaldi, since 2017. Oh, yeah, because he did the tour with Picture This. Mm-hmm. So that's five right there, <laughs> <laughs> as we all know. Louis Capaldi has played here since, since uh, 2017, 21 times. I believe that. Wow. I would believe now, that. Now, that includes yeah. playing in like the Bleeding Horse Pub and that kind of stuff. Yeah, but he's, he's at least 21 Irish dates under his belt. He's by that, independence by like that sense, four years, Ed Sheeran surely. would probably be up there. I didn't look him up, but I did look up Arctic Monkeys since oh, 2005. Yeah. 20. 20. 20 since 2005. What about the boss? Probably. I haven't looked him up either. Okay, yeah. <laughs> the, I, I wrote this down yesterday. Like, I, I, I should have thought of these. Yeah. Point is, now Rogers and Sheik, you know, we'll have a big night out. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it because you might, you never <laughs> you know. Ne- you might never you know. You just never know. Like, like yeah. some acts only come over here every now and then, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's, don't, don't, don't pass up a, an opportunity for this. Exactly. Uh, what else <laughs> we got here in the news section this week? Um, I read a thing about, do you know Sabrina Carpenter? She's no. a pop act, um, an actress and a pop star. Uh, she released a new video on Halloween for a song called Feather. Uh, it was shot in a church in Brooklyn. Um, within days, a Catholic priest who allowed this was relieved of his administrative duties. Um, oh my God. Because apparently it was sacrilegious. Okay. So yeah, it's one of those things where I, like, I, I was curious. I mean, like this feels like a story from like the 80s, you know? Or it reminds me of, do you remember the um, the Rihanna uh, music video, the Calvin Harris music video up north? And Belfast, the farmer, yeah. The farmer flipped out because he was like, not on my field. <laughs> that was amazing. She was in a state of undress in that video, yeah. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he was like... Jeez, you'll, you'll fucking ruin us. I was only talking about that uh, song last week on the show and how much I never liked it. <laughs> never liked that song. What's the title of this one? Feather. Oh, sorry, the Sabrina Carpenter song? Yeah. It's Feather, yeah. Feather. So she apparently uh, wears a short black tall dress and a veil, dancing down the aisles of Williamsburg's Brooklyn's Our Lady of Mount Carmel Annunciation Parish, posing with various religious items, including a coffin that reads, R.I.P., bitch. Oh, okay. Now I'm on Now I'm on the priest's <laughs> like, <laughs> Really? Like, what? Well, the, the statement released by the, the church says, the parish did not follow diocesan uh, policy regarding the filming on church property, which includes a review of the scenes and the script. So they have creative control. Class, okay. Um, so, yeah, they... It's at about 50, 5 zero, visibly upset people attended the mass so what there was actual people at this like, like that makes they no invited sense. people in to mass for the video apparently want to state that they were visibly upset yeah I, th- I think I've said this on the other podcast before but uh, when I had my first band when I was a teenager uh, a guy came out from the Clare Champion to take a f- photos of us and he, we were kind of like a kind of a metal band and, oh, yeah. and he was like it was a bit Cradle of Filthy wasn't it yeah yeah, yeah. and he was like he's like come on we'll go out and take a photo out by the church or whatever so then he brought us down to like where all the graves are beside the church and mm. took like a load of photos of us just like standing around the graves <laughs> So we got away with it then. But did you have to get written permission from anyone? No, he said, well, we, did, we might have, but he didn't ask. He, 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 he just went for it. like, And we didn't think anything of it either. So the, Do you think he still... Uh, reg- is cursed? Is, no, what, what would you say? Is he still priesting? He's <laughs> <laughs> still at it. Is he still about his saintly is duties? He's still at the music? Yeah, his godly duties. saintly duties, yeah. He's vocational. He's, yeah. <laughs> He's still at the priesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So hang on, uh, this guy who isn't the parish pastor in Brooklyn, Monsignor, <clears throat> excuse me, Monsignor <laughs> Jamie, <God. laughs> 
Monsignor Jamie J. Gigantello was stripped of his duties um, and he apologized on the church's... He posted an apology to the church's Facebook page. Oh, oh my God. God. He said he was approached by the video shoot in September and approved it after not turning up anything objectionable about Sabrina Carpenter after doing an online search. <laughs> <laughs> Like, this checks out. Uh, like she definitely has some risque photographs out there. She's a, <laughs> a pop star. Um, in an, a quote, in an effort to further strengthen the bonds between the young creative artists who make up a large part of this community, so it was important for him oh, to. That's good. That's a good line. Keep in with the youth. Yeah. Um, he was told. Is that, that a good line? Should priests be going around saying that? It sounds like a like a publicist's line, really. It does sound like PR. Yeah. Um, he said that he was told the video would feature a funeral scene, but the end result is quote not was initially presented to me. So. Mm. It's a sad day for, Bring the, him back. for the Catholic Church. Get him back in. Yeah. Sad day for Sarah, Sarah Carpenter. Sabrina Carpenter. Great Sabrina day. Carpenter. <laughs> Great day for Sabrina Carpenter. No, the, the video's out. We would never have it's heard do, it's of doing this video numbers. unless... It's true. It's very true. It's doing numbers. I'd like to check in on Monsignor. What was his this, name? This uh, music video got Jamie a, got J. A Gigantello. Fire. Jamie J. Gigantello. Yeah. Sounds like a morning DJ. Sounds like a pimp. <laughs> Moving on. Um, <laughs> in a much different uh, situation, Metallica are taking some blood money. They've announced that their final show of the year uh, will headline a the opening night of the three-day Sandstorm Festival in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Their first ever gig in Saudi Arabia. The first major metal act to perform at a public event in the country. Other artists set to perform include Pharrell Williams, Chris Brown, H.E.R. and the Black Eyed Peas. Oh, wow. A reported 600,000 people attended last year's Sandstorm Festival. Metallica said we're not done with 2023 just yet as an amazing opportunity has just come our way to perform at a major festival we've never played in the part of the world we rarely get to visit. <laughs> AKA, for, for boatloads of cash. This is the thing. So you may or may not have been paying attention to like the you know Saudi Arabian sports washing that they've been yeah, doing. Yeah, Formula when, One. They bought, yeah. they bought Newcastle United in the football. They've got a deal with WWE. Yeah. And I, I form, yeah, do they have a Formula One race now? Is that happening? I think there is one being set up, I believe. They're, there also, was a, they're also getting a World a Cup Formula as well. One event in the Middle East last week. Where was that? Was that Dubai? No, sure. I don't know. They had one in Vegas, didn't they? Oh, I actually don't. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I can't remember. So I it, think says, do. it says here that uh, public performances of heavy metal in Saudi Arabia are quite rare. Uh, in 2022, Saudi melodic death metal band Immortal Pain <laughs> uh, became the first heavy metal group to perform at a large public event when they played at Comic Con Arabia. Nice. Okay. okay. So there you go. Uh, Metallica have played the Middle East before, though. They played Etihad Park in Abu Dhabi in 2011. Very nice. So there you go. I saw that um, Foo Fighters were playing in Abu Dhabi this week, and Dave Grohl had to like you know remind he had to have like a sign in front of him that says "Don't curse" because if you curse, really, oh, yeah, you get kicked out. You get like it, it's like a jailable offense. Wow. So there you go. Um, but it was him being banterific though, as always. So it would be not a fun gig. You uh, you would never play in Saudi Arabia, right? I've played in Dubai. Have you played in Dubai? I played in Dubai last year. Last year? Last you year. did last year, yeah. yeah. Played in Dubai for, last year. For, sorry, who was it with? Uh, Martin Hayes. Martin Hayes, that's Oh it, yes, yeah. that's right. How mm-hmm. was that experience? Uh, insane. And <laughs> just <laughs> absolutely crazy. I, I, like, Dubai seems great and all, but it wouldn't be somewhere I would be uh, living for any extended period of time, that's for sure. Why? Uh, it's just very uh, devoid of uh, so culture bland. in general. It's completely yeah. bland. Wealth Everything. is kind of the culture, really. That is the culture, yeah, 100%. Um, which isn't much crack. So, uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be there enough. It was, it was mad to do, but... Um, Dubai, but, of course, yeah. is not in Saudi Arabia. It's in, no, no, it's not. No, it's no, in a different no, country no. altogether. Yeah. It's in the United Arab Emirates. United Arab Emirates, exactly. But it's one of those like mega-rich cities where it's just like a, everything looks like it's been 
taken out of a box or something, is mm-hmm. it? Just like plastic sheet. Yeah. There's like sports car um, sales, like all the way from the from the airport to the like the city. It's insane. You just drive by Ferraris and Porsches as they go along. It's crazy. It's like a display model city. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is with lots of questionable regimes. <laughs> um, speaking of questionable, <clears throat> I saw this news report um, on. Well, I didn't see it on Fox News. I read it on the internet, which <laughs> included a Fox News thing. And there's also some CNN stuff. I've cut a clip um, of from, from CNN. So basically, like a fiery car crash occurred on a bridge that connects Canada and the United States last week. Uh, it was erroneously reported as a terrorist attack. It wasn't a terrorist attack. It was something else entirely. It is connected to music. A man was on his way to a concert. What kind of concert, do you ask? Well... Let's hear that. Let's hear that uh, that old familiar sting. Hit it, post-production Adam. That's right. The man was on his way to a KISS gig and he crashed his car and it exploded. Here's the news report to tell us more about it. Well, investigators have been going backwards through the day of the person they believe to be the driver of that car. And what they see is a 56-year-old man from the area. He lives in a very upscale um, island and uh, that's not far away, who had intended to go to the KISS concert, which was canceled, then changed his plans um, to a casino where he spent some time, and then leaves the casino and then drives at a high rate of speed along this road in Niagara Falls, hits the divider, goes airborne, as the governor said, and lands in an explosion. Uh, Authorities believe he was in the car with his wife. This was a Bentley two-door Excelsior uh, X. Uh, This is a car that uh, goes for about $300,000 new. Um, So it does not, as Matt Miragula from the FBI indicated, the special agent in charge in Buffalo, um, who runs the Joint Terrorism Task Force up there, does not have any of the earmarks of terrorism. It looks much more, as they have been able to go backwards through it, like a terrible accident. The question is how and why, um, and they're still looking at that, but they don't believe there's any criminal or terrorist nexus here. <clears throat> now, if I may, this has none of the hallmarks of terrorism. I, 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 I disagree. I don't know, he's going to a KISS concert. Uh. <laughs> also, who knew that KISS's fan base was so rich? Yeah. A 300 grand Bentley. And like, he was like, I will just go to the casino and said it'll be grand. It's basically the same thing. Oh, it yeah. was definitely a case of they went to the casino lost track of complete time and was yeah, like fuck yeah. the KISS concert <laughs> I love I love that report as well where it's like it's like uh, it's like oh this guy was going to the, the KISS concert he went to a casino then he got in his car and then he drove over a cliff oh yeah and his wife was also yeah, there yeah. like it's such a weird way to present this whole yeah. thing it's like not a couple it was like oh yeah his wife was also yeah. <laughs> horribly killed it is strange yeah no no I don't think anyone died I could be wrong I was going to say I, I oh, wasn't really? sure if you'd said if someone had died or people had survived or what uh, n- oh no sorry they did die um, oh okay my mistake. I apologize. <laughs> it's one of those things. Um, I was just so taken by the particulars of the... Uh, now, in fairness, there is footage of the car exploding, and I genuinely was like, I was like, how did they survive that? It turns, <laughs> out, turns out they didn't. So I'm, I'm very, very sorry, and I don't mean to be laughing at the memory of someone, but like, what a way to go. Probably, probably what a, Kiss way to go, like, it's proper, like... Unbelievable. What do you think he was listening to? <laughs> what, 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 Kiss album? Yeah, yeah. 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 Good song. Um, Detroit Rock City? Uh, I don't know, like, <laughs> I couldn't name you another Kiss song. I really couldn't. You'd be absolutely gutted, wouldn't you? Like, 
It's cancelled the last... Dying. Yeah, would you? Well, dying in a fiery car crash instead of going to a Kiss concert. <laughs> cancelled the last minute because Paul Stanley fell ill. So oh, because really? of that happening, the butterfly effect of this is this situation. Do you think Kiss are going to like, you know, do a big like thing like, oh, we're going to go to the funeral and like... Absolutely not. No. <laughs> no, there's no money in it for them, so... And yeah, there's loads of stuff like that. Also, the whole thing with the island, he also lives on a big, crazy, expensive island or something like yeah, that. Yeah, called, called Island. Is that what he said it was called? Called Island. Called called island. island. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Insane. So uh, yeah, like a fan died at a Taylor Swift gig there as well in Brazil. See that? Uh, yeah, that was um, grim situation. Mm. Yeah, bizarre, bizarre. But it, like, yeah, it's just strange to read about those things as well. Like mm. with that many people in that vicinity, is that someone's fault? Is it just an accident? I have a separate story here about Kiss that opens up with the unfortunate line: "Kiss are certainly going out with a bang." That's what <laughs> that's what it says here. They've planned an epic takeover of New York City, so they're playing their final ever gigs at the end of the year. Okay, I feel like this has been. I feel like they've been playing their final ever gigs. That's for, what it feels was, like to me. It feels like for the last the 10 thing. years. Yeah, yeah, like, <clears throat> so they are doing a multifaceted takeover of the Big Apple, including a pop-up store uh, featuring partnerships with Ed Hardy, Oxford Pendant, Trick or Treat Studios, and Funko. Additionally, fans will be able to get their hands on a limited run of 50,000 Kiss-branded Metro cards. A limited run of 50,000. That's not that limited. To That's New not York? that limited. At uh, Penn Station, Herald Square Station, yeah, yeah, so limited to New York only, yeah, it seems. Yeah. So it's like if you're there, you'll get one. Yeah. But also, the New York Rangers are holding a Kiss game night when they take on the D- D- the Detroit Red Wings. There's a tattoo shop; you can get complimentary flash tattoos and face painting. And uh, finally, if it's food you're looking for, it says here, Prince Street Pizza will be serving up Kiss themed pizza. <laughs> complete with a collectible box. Well, what does that look like? Is it like the the face mask but be, in a pizza? Yeah. Like, They're so black and white. Black yeah, ink, like kind of like like pe- pepperoni cut out in like Gene yeah, Simmons' in tongue. Gene Simmons' tongue. Yeah, like, things that's like disgusting. That. On each slice, that's pretty cool. I would I would eat that as a slice. When I went to see like Venom, like the first <laughs> Venom movie. It was in Sydney World, and it was like a drinks reception before Anderson bullshit. And there was pizzas in the style, like Venom kind of like grafted onto the pizzas. And I was like, that looks like the most horrific thing. <laughs> like, I was like, why would anybody want this? It never comes out well, does it? No. no what about, no. like, even when you do the, do you like the foams for coffees, things like that, and you try and get, like, you're like your face on a Guinness pint or something. Like, it never comes out well. No. It doesn't look good. So, you're not going to travel to New York to see Kiss hang it up now? Absolutely not. I've absolutely no interest in Kiss at all. You're saying you wouldn't go if I said for Christmas, oh, hey, I've got us tickets to go and see Kiss nah. in New York. No, nah, I wouldn't. I would 100%. I'd go to New York, but I wouldn't go to Kiss. You can't. No, no. If he got you tickets uh, like to go to New York to go to see a gig, you, uh, the very least you do, you I go to have, a gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's obligatory. He'd fake an illness, is what he'd do. No, I'd, I'd fake enjoying myself. <laughs> no, you'd get to New York. <laughs> I'd fake enjoying myself. You'd go to the casino. Yeah. <laughs> The Kiss, you know? Uh, how have they never done that? Real quick, uh, the Hives. You know the Hives? Mm-hmm. Yes. They apparently are franchising themselves, uh, which they've said that, like, they... Uh, who knows if this is a gag, but they put out a statement saying, we have arrived at a point where the Hives can no longer keep up with public demand for concerts. This is where you come in. Help us create a world where the Hives are playing in every city all the time. Cover bands are invited to sign up to the band's website. Let's make business together and rock and roll. Oh my God. That's weird. I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah. It's, it sounds like... like they're trying One to get money out of cover bands to get out of the like the last hump that they're going to go through. Yeah, but is that is that not like it's like oh, but is that like just a, another way of going? Oh, if you're a cover band over a band, we're going to take a bit off the top and we'll like go probably, after you. But, like, how, so. but how big is that market? I, I, I've never even heard of a Hives cover band. I'm sure no, they're out there, really. maybe in their native Sweden. But I mean, like, if you're kind of like. But, that sounds an awful precedence. Like, because, but also, like, how, why would somebody want to willingly go to a Hives cover band? But they're 
they have the officialdom of it. Like, it doesn't... Yeah. It's still a cover band. Yeah, like, like so so it's like the Hives experience, basically. Yeah, it's not going to make any difference on a ticket if it says uh, a Hives cover band or an official Hives cover band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, get, get like the board BL logo, except it's like the... <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting idea, though, to like to basically clone your band. I'm not sure. Do you like do you change into that? Are, like, are, are you like the, the the Irish hives, the Argentinian hives? Like, 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 do you do you do you go country by country? Surely, there's something like this already. It has to be. But is it, are they marketing it so that they're like it's not to existing hive bands? It's we would like you to be a hive yeah. cover band. Hundred percent. Yeah, this yeah. sounds, this sounds like a K-pop thing. Like, I bet there's they're like recruiting. a K-pop China, recruiting, K-pop yeah. Japan, K-pop whatever. Maybe. Sounds like they're waiting to take over the world. Well, finally, in the new section, a story for both of you, because I I promised you a video game connected story to get us into our top five. Mm. Uh, After a series of leaks and rumors, Epic Games has officially confirmed that Eminem will be coming to Fortnite later this month. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be joining Fortnite during the upcoming Big Bang event. While it's currently unclear if Eminem will be be performing, uh, the official Fortnite blog says, watch Eminem as Eminem. Suggesting that, like, Ariana Grande before him, he'll be forming a selection of his music. Now, I have never played Fortnite. I don't, never played Fortnite? I don't know that much about it, but I do know that it has become a strange virtual playground for musicians and artists and acts. And Alex, how does this work and what is the point of it? They've done one or two live concerts now. Yeah. In Travis Scott. The biggest one was Travis Scott, yeah. yeah. Um, which I did tune into. It's pretty wild. It's a, I think it's a great idea. So the game is like, it's a shoot-em-up or something, is it? Or? It's a, a, battle royale a looter game. shooter, yeah. Battle Royale, yeah. So, I'm, so I, I could be playing this game as an online thing. You're one against 99 others, and you're running around a map as the map gets smaller. Warzone. You've played Warzone, haven't you? No, but I played Counter-Strike back in the day. But I mean, like, okay. but I can just, so in this game, so I'm just playing a video game, I can turn around a corner and there is a virtual avatar of Eminem. No, it's like, a, it's a specific event. It's like on the 22nd of October at 8 o'clock, there's, say for Travis Scott, you could probably look up footage of it, I'm sure. Yeah. But it was like... But you get on the island and jump into a portal or something. Yeah, you go through a portal and it was like, you go to like, a, like whatever this stadium idea is that they have but it was like a giant holographic travis scott that was projected in and then you'd have like i think it's a hundred people to a lobby yeah yeah, yeah. and so you'd have a hundred people within that lobby excuse me watching a giant holographic travis scott do a show yeah but like as a feat it's pretty cool it's like the thing with the fortnite as well is that it's like a cultural phenomenon not only just from the video game point of view it's like you know the dances is the whole thing. It was mm-hmm. like there's all these like dances in Fortnite, and they kind of just transcended into the into our world basically. Yeah. So now kids like all dance like the Fortnite dances. I'm stuff. fairly like, confident there was no cost as well. It's like it was a free, you just have yeah. to have the game, and you so just, you just go on at that time. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a it's a ploy to get. I could be wrong about that. I don't know actually. What's the appeal? Did you say you, you sorry? Did you say you went into it? I watched it. Yeah, yeah. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. Oh I don't. I don't recall. I don't recall. Were you in there as a character, or were you? Yeah, yeah, like playing the game. Like, yeah, you go in and you go in through a lobby and whatever. Um, I didn't stay. I hang around, but it's as like as as a feat. It's it's a pretty cool idea. And is there just like loads of players around? Just like yeah, hundred in the lobby. Yeah, standing around watching from the one. Travis Scott is huge. Correct. But for the artist, is that like have they pre-recorded? Yeah, I would audio. So yeah, it's not live. Okay, I would. uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I. I don't listen to Travis Scott, so I couldn't tell you if it's like Good, just bad, a, just a track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just played over like this this game. <laughs> that was kind of it. Imagine we did it for house bands. 
like houseplants in Fortnite. In Fortnite? Yeah. We could do the like houseplants in one houseplant suit for $10 or whatever. <laughs> but is it like, is, is the artist being shared with money here? I assume they must be, like if you get an M&M, Ariana Grande. Oh yeah, they're getting shared with money, yeah. These are huge names. And and I think you can play as Travis I was going to say, the right? idea is that you're also then playing as them after. So you, you buy get them the character as like a skin. skin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you'll have Eminem running around with a with a twelve gauge shotgun shooting Ariana Grande and Bugs Bunny. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I, I I I know this is a popular game. I know I sound a hundred years old here, but like, and I you know I I play games. We the, all know this. The, the gameplay itself is really good. It's great. Like, no build only. Yeah, always uh, no build. PUBG and and like Warzone, Warzone as well is the bigger yeah. one. Like yeah, yeah. It's like you know you know what a battle royale game is. It's yeah, a, it's a glass man standing type thing. That's yeah, it. yeah exactly. it's like hundred people. So like, but you feel like yeah, it's great. It's really good. It's great. Like the but amount then, of, the amount of skins they have is outrageous. It's, it's a massive marketing thing. Like it's huge. So that would be an example. For example, like this upcoming Eminem gig, if he does perform, that would be an example of diegetic music. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, in a video it game, it would. Good example. So yes, probably one of the more unique examples that I'm annoyed wasn't thought of. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's top five time. And so, like we said at the start of the show, diegetic music in a video game or in a film, diegetic music is where a character interacts with it. It exists in their world. Maybe they create it. It's not a soundtrack bit. It's not score that has been composed. It's not. It has to be in the world of the thing. Like the character that you're walking around has to be able to hear it, or at least you perceive that they hear it. There may yeah. be there may be some wiggle room on that. We'll we'll see. Uh, top five, of course, it's me versus you, I suppose, and, and both of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys have combined for a top Correct. five. I have a five as well. You don't know what I've picked. I don't know what you've picked. We'll see if there's some overlap. Uh, will I kick it off? Dude. Kick it off. All right. My number five. Um, this is a classic example of a game that is quite high octane and violent. And, you know, every now and then you might get like the chance for a bit of a breather. And this is one of those kind of optional moments that comes along and you're like, oh, wow. Let's turn off all this carnage and have this happen. So this is my number five. Hi there. A guitar. Wish I knew how to play. Might just spell some of the gloom. Will the circle be unbroken by and by, by and by, is a better home awaiting in the sky, in the sky. Yes, it is. Do you know the game? I could listen to that all day long. <laughs> Do you know the game? I don't Last know of the Us game. 2. Is it what? Last of Us 2. No, is that Last of Us? It is not Last of Us 2. It is, it is not that game. This is a game from 2013. Is it Bioshock? It's Bioshock Infinite. Oh, Bioshock it is Infinite. Infinite. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, that's is. her and Booker. That's correct. Sorry, yes, yeah, that you're is absolutely right. the characters of Elizabeth and also Booker DeWitt. And it's a, a moment where they are kind of hiding out from the carnage that's happening in this game. And they find a guitar, and Booker picks it up and starts strumming it, and she starts singing, Will the Circle Be Unbroken? Which is a popular Christian hymn written in 1907. Very uh, nice. It's a very beautiful song. There's actually a moment early in this game as well. It's a first-person shooter if you've never played it. It's the third game in the Bioshock series, and like very different to the first two, which are set underwater. They are submerged, and it's kind of a weird noir and you're going up against these kind of monsters and it's a I, I think the first one in particular is a, something of a masterpiece 
Uh, it's a hell of a game. Great story. First game is an absolute masterpiece. It's my favorite one. Yeah, one of my favorite environmental games. Like yeah. putting you into an environment. So good. incredible. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. And then by the time this one comes along, this is like set kind of in a in a city called Columbia that's up in the sky, in the clouds. And actually, one of the first things that happens when you're going along and getting your bearings is like you see this barbershop quartet on a on a right. flying boat, and they're singing "God Only Knows" by the Beach Boys. Yeah. Um. So these moments are kind of rare. And again, like that thing about the finding the guitar, like I was, like I think I said there, it's it's an optional moment. You can miss it which i think is cool yeah yeah yeah. That's like awesome. it's, it's not a story point it's i actually missed it the very first time around when i when i played it i didn't even know that, that this could actually happen in it so when i got to the second time i was like wow like this is a really kind of cool contrasting bonus uh it's a weird game i feel like it got a mixed reputation when it came out i remember quite liking it but i haven't gone back to it too often what's your relationship with it i enjoyed it i loved it i do think it gets <clears throat> excuse me i do think it got a bad rap because of well, it just was nothing like the first two. And they were, they yeah, were people were shocked. Stone. Yeah, they were shocked that it wasn't. It was such a different game. Yeah. Like I felt like a different thing. Altogether. Gameplay was, I would have said, very similar. Um, what I, are the what's the magic called in Bioshock? What are the what are they called? Like, yeah, the powers that you drink. The powers, things. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I, I like they're uh, not called embers. <sighs> my main memory of that game is like not moving elixir, around, on, something like that. Yeah. yeah, moving around on like hooks. Is yeah, my, it's like, a yes. higher yeah, memory yeah. of yeah. that game. Like just moving from one place to another on those hooks is class. But that's a great uh, example of, of diegetic music because it's like you know it's primarily used Vigors? to build worlds. Vigors. 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 Well that's very yeah. good. Sorry, yeah. Sorry but it builds the, it builds the world, doesn't it? Like it's like there are these big memorable moments that music is kind of like pushing you through and. Yeah, it's they're they're really good, and it's it's actually quite interesting with the Last of Us idea as well because we kind of we were talking about that one as well. It's like it's it's interesting that that one is so similar to the Last of Us one because it's like you know, you, which is where in the Last of Us two you have Ellie playing Ellie yeah, playing yeah, Tara yeah. as well. Yeah, and yeah. again, it's like the, it's it's a it's a it's a, an escape from the madness. Basically. Yeah, exactly. A this quiet, intimate moment a quiet with moment, your character. Yeah, yeah to great. give the the player a breather and also to kind of be like, look at all this beauty that we could have, but instead yeah. it's all shooting people in the face. That was your setup that threw. Me when you were like oh mad carnage and then you get these quiet spells I was like laugh the most sounds, sounds like video, video games yeah. I mean it's very it's not dissimilar and also like so you got and the voice actors here so you got Troy Baker who voices Booker DeWitt in this game who of course would voice Joel in the mm. Last of Us and uh, Courtney Draper who voices Elizabeth there's actually a very very beautiful full version of this song that's on YouTube of them performing it together because it's only like a snippet that you get in the game like you literally get like what you heard there is pretty much all you get oh right okay whereas there is and I think it plays over the end credits there's like it shows them in the studio performing it together, and it's a very sweet little moment. That's cool. So, yeah. Troy Baker loves that kind of stuff too. I think I really dig him for that kind of stuff. Yeah, I I, I like him. Although there was that whole thing a while ago where like he went after critics, which I thought yeah, was yeah. you know, and like, he's entitled to you know he's 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 a famous voice actor in the video game world, but it was a bit like ugh, he did that thing that I hate the most, right? Which is like. On Twitter, he put up, I'll just leave this here. You know, when, when <laughs> yeah. people say that, I'm just like, yeah. people say, I'll just leave this here or do better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It drives me fucking insane. He's one of those individuals where, like, I've no interest in him as an individual, but I love his work. His work is great. And, like, his work ethic and just his, like, his, how would you call it? His agenda. Like, the way he goes about stuff, I think is super smart. His album, have you ever listened to his record? No. It's not bad. I'm not going to say it's great, but it's not bad. <laughs> Is it, I'm guessing it's kind of like alt country, is it? Yeah, it's very much alt country. Yeah, it's a yeah. full like five piece band, and he plays guitar and he swings. His I think hair. he fancies himself a bit of a cowboy. Yeah, of course, he does. Hundred percent. All right, Bioshock Infinite. 
Will the circle be unbroken? Bro- unbroken, sorry, I can't speak this week. Uh, that's my number five. Dolly Lovely. And Alex, over uh, to you. Yeah, so just before our number five, we have an honourable mention. Um, we didn't want to include the rhythm game in our selections. So as an honourable mention, we want to mention just Thumper, which is a video game that's kind of completely based on um, beats and like timing and stuff like that. And it's an unbelievable rhythm game. So we said we'd kind of put the that in The most immersive rhythm game. Yeah, it's, like, it's which so is really, really good. good. Um, we felt like it was a cop-out. It was a copy, yeah. That's what we thought as well. But yeah. they had to get a mention because it is 100% diegetic. I would have allowed you have one of them. But yeah, we, we were trying to figure out like... A rap of the Rapper. Because, yeah, because it's such a, a main... Hero. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like the main thing of the game, so it's diegetic is the question. But, okay, that's fair. Um, but our, our first one... <laughs> Sorry, uh, can I just say, I love how forensic... You have to understand, like, I'm talking, guys, I'm talking to two two big gamers here. So. <laughs> Huge nerds. <Yeah. laughs> so I expect... We're not doing music, we're doing video games. I know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't expect surface level picks here at all. So, yeah. uh, so our number five uh, is a relatively new game, but in a very, very well-known series. So basically the the humming in Tears of the Kingdom, which is the newest Zelda game, is uh, a really good example of diegetic music because it's um, essentially Zelda, while he's cooking, is humming um, uh, a second. theme you, tunes. You've made the cardinal error and you're the fan of the game series. Yeah! Do you, do you know like, oh, this is Zelda. Oh, God. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Link is his name. Link is his name. And Link was is uh, humming um, the uh, a lot of different th- the theme tunes from the uh, the video games themselves. What I've actually just realised is he's humming the exact notes that you learn to play in like every Zelda game. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's the opponent song or song exactly, time yeah. or whatever it might be. So it's it's like brilliant fan service for anybody who likes it, but then it also has this suggestion that like Zelda through the ages knows himself through all these different times. Did it again? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> again, I need to point Link. out. I need to point Jesus out that Dahi is obsessed with the Zelda games. He's a yet, huge fan. I think I'm very nervous. Huge fan. <laughs> so, about speaking about this it. is your it's arena. A, yeah. 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 No, but it's interesting because it's 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 like just really really nice fan service. Um, it's really really simple. It kind of shows it's a really good flex uh, for the Zelda franchise because it's like you know you kind of know that music like and you can sell it from just these tiny little pieces that he's humming and stuff. Which I like how I really, it's really, really hidden love. behind all the so many other noises. Like even in that clip, yeah, like there's so many other things going on. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah. can just hear him. Just and in the even when we we're when we were picking this as well, I mean. Zelda as a video game like the the music and the notes and stuff are just so iconic throughout the different thing they're like it's just such a well thought out thing where each of those melodies kind of trigger something in your brain if you've played that game before and um, yeah it's beautiful really exciting so this is from Tears of the Kingdom the newest one Mm -hmm. yeah that's right well I haven't gotten to yet was it worth the wait absolutely yeah yeah it's my favourite in the series yeah I haven't played it yet you played the previous one though. Didn't I played um, Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I, played I played that the, as well, which I quite liked. I wouldn't Wild. be the biggest Zelda guy. Like I think I played one of them back in the back in the SNES back in the day, and I it linked to the past, and yeah. I definitely enjoyed it. But like I haven't had the like you know one of my favorite wrestlers like Cody Rhodes. He has the fucking the Triforce tattooed on him or something, or on his boots mm. or something. Um, and I, and I, you know, I it's a world that I've I wish I stumbled into when I was younger, but I didn't quite get there. So what is it about this? They're good series. enough now that you could, like, you can play Breath of the Wild and have 
a modern gaming experience with the same experience that I would have had playing Ocarina of Time at nine years old or whatever. Okay. Like I, I truly think you can have yeah, that with the Zelda up. games. Yeah, they yeah. stand the test of time. The puzzles are like, uh, like not difficult, but strategic enough that you have to take time with them. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, and the way that it's become far more open world in the last few years, it the mechanics for Breath of the Wild and yeah. um, Tears of the Kingdom are outstanding. Dahi could play that game and finish that game a completely different iteration to yeah, me, yeah. using completely different skills and whatever else. We've talked it's in the podcast so before about emergent gameplay and like which both, you love, which yeah. I love. Yeah, so Tears in the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild both have this thing where you know uh, you have all these these sets of tools and and different kind of powers and stuff like that, and you can approach a situation in fifty different ways. So you get you make your own stories the whole way through, and something amazing happens to this, and then I did this, and then I did this, um, and it's I think it's like the most both of those games have the most kind of perfect worlds that have ever existed because like there's barely any talking there's barely any dialogue it's just like music you're does in seem the world. to be a big part of the games though like from what Hugely. i'm saying yeah 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 i mean like they're just the music is absolutely incredible in every single one of them and they set the tone so well and they just become so iconic as well there's actually for another podcast recommendation there's a, a podcast called Twenty Thousand hertz um and they do one special episode based on all of the music in in zelda and it's well worth a listen to it's really really good Okay, number four for me um, is a case of being enamored by this and how it was used to sell this game. And then when I finally got to the game, I was a bit like, oh, okay, no, no, it's not. It's 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 kind of heartbreaking, really. Um, but yeah, I, I still think it's I still think it's kind of goosebump inducing for what it was and what it could have been. So here's my number four. How's it feel to play the traitor? No more war games. You're a real man now, soldier. Give my regards to your boss when you get home. So, yes, uh, you, you recognized that immediately, didn't you? Metal Gear. It is, in fact, from the trailer slash the intro of Metal Gear Solid Five Grand Zeroes, which is the uh, the prologue to the Phantom Pain. The demo. It's, the it's the demo, essentially, yeah, which, which was sold as like a standalone, <laughs> a full standalone a full game. short game. game yeah. Now, what you're hearing there, I, I wanted to give you... Um, I couldn't give you too much of the song because I wanted the background, I wanted the um, the preamble and to put you in the world. But the song... It's called Here's to You. It's by Ennio Morricone and Joan Baez. Came out in 1971. And it's based on two anarchists of Italian origin, two real people, Nicola Sacco and Bartolomeo Vanzetti, who were sentenced to death by a United States court in the 1920s. Um, and then, like, basically people later concluded that the ruling, which was based on, you know, people's disgust at their anarchist political beliefs than any proof that they committed the robbery and murders of which they were accused. So it's seen as a travesty of justice. It's a, it's a real political firebrand of a song. 
and for it to be used in this game, which is all about that kind of stuff, it was quite masterful. And like I, I remember seeing this this trailer, and you know, which again, like I say, it is literally the intro of the game when you when you play it. Um, I was just mesmerized. I was like, this is going to be the greatest thing of all time. And I love the Metal Gear Solid series so much. And I was so heartbroken by what Phantom Pain slash Ground Zero turned out to be. I thought it was just, in the end, very, very empty narratively. But it did have these moments of incredible music. You know, there's the, there's the, the major cover of The Man Who Sold the World. Yeah. I should say as well that for the context of like what you're hearing here is that there's a there's a prisoner in a cage and the evil villain Skullface <laughs> turns out to be a total so, so disappointing like. <laughs> character. Yeah, at first I was like, this guy's going to fucking rule. And I was, at the end of it, I was like, nah, he, he was just, nah, he, he, he was a joke. But like, he comes along and he throws this Walkman into the cage and he's like, he's previously used it to like taunt this person he's been torturing. It's all very, it's actually really quite horrible stuff, but in that kind of weird Metal Gear Solid way. So the guy puts the earphones in and throws the song on and that leads us into the intro of the game. Then you follow Skullface as he goes along and you get the sense of this kind of camp they're in and the world that, that's at large. And it really was so cinematic. And like mm. that, and then, then, then the full trailer for the game, which I've said before, like is one of the greatest trailers I've ever seen, which has Elijah by New Order oh, yeah. in it. And just looking in the mirror and everything. And it's just... Is uh, this for Grand Zeroes or Phantom Pain? For Phantom Pain. Okay. Phantom Pain, yeah. Which both games are essentially the same game. Yeah, like it's, yeah. As you say, this was the demo, even though it was sold for like, what, like 20 euro yeah, yeah, yeah. or something? It was. It felt like a real like tech demo of the mechanics. And it the was, yeah. That they were gonna do. Um, and it was, at first I was like, this is just going to be the coolest thing ever. But unfortunately, Phantom Pain was a major letdown. But yeah, I mean, I just... I had to had to get some Metal Gear love in here, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I love the I love the feeling of the tape and everything, like when the tape clicks in and stuff. Again, like really perfect work world building and stuff, and setting you in the eighties and like this the sound of the thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then the cassette sound of the actual song, and that song like sounds so eighties as well. Like that organ and stuff is all kind of it sounds like a mellotron or something like that. Like it has that really nice kind of tone to it and everything. Yeah, um, it's seventies, but I but I take but I take your 70s, point. It, 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 yeah, it's very eccentric, and it's, that, that clip is completely alien to me I've never heard that before yeah, yeah, but yeah. from just the two of you looking at each other <laughs> and like a general idea of Metal Gear I knew it was Metal Gear it's the yeah, only yeah, yeah. like I could tell it was a Walkman <laughs> or a Discman or something, which is for some reason really big in Metal Gear games. Yeah, they're yeah, mad yeah. for using. And they have like even the, iPod. The, there's a the vocal. Yeah, that's it, yeah. yeah, there's a vocal delivery as well. That's like in, you know straight away. Yeah, yeah. you know straight away yeah. that like a Metal Gear game by just like hello. Like, I did think it was Halo. Push, like, I thought that was the <laughs> Halo commentator. You're a soldier now. <laughs> yeah, soldier. it's all. It, it, that's part of the beauty of these games. So like they're so theatrical. Yeah, like I'm and, playing through. He loves music though as well, Kojima. Like it's it's a good he, he's always really good at choosing music for the pieces and stuff but like sure that, if you so. think about Death Stranding which you know we, I think if I recall correctly we, we did like a no encore bonus episode ages ago yeah, which yeah. I look back at the night I'm like why did we do that I think we were, we were so <laughs> into that we were so excited by that game um, again that episode I've listened to 20 minutes of and then turned it off because I still haven't finished Death oh my Stranding God. it's a tough game um, it's a tough game to finish actually it is a tough game it, it's also got some problems but like is the is is the music in that game diegetic? Perhaps not. It's but not. We not. actually had this conversation. We were done it. We the low roar and RIP. Um, there are needle drops. Low like, roar, yeah. by the way. There are moments where, like, you can go back to the safe house or warehouse or whatever and play some tracks. That's right. Yeah. But um, but it, yeah, it doesn't really it was, work as diegetic. Stuff yeah, like, yeah, it's a shame that it doesn't because those opening scenes where you get low roar and like the first walk that incredible. you have, genuinely incredible, is absolutely stunning. It so would cool. be nice to be able to say that that's 
organic within the world and he's listening to something which is a shame. I remember the first time I threw that on and I was uh, I was going through a particularly hard time and I just threw on that game and then that happened and I was like wow I was like I feel like I've actually been taken somewhere else I'm mm, like yeah, yeah. even even with Fountain Pain and Death Stranding not being top tier Kojima those moments and often with music linked in are genuinely transportative even, yeah. when, even when it's even when it doesn't quite work like I there's few other game designers or soundtrack composers in that world who yeah. are doing that kind of stuff yeah and like, truly memorable and like, I, I say yeah. soundtrack composers but also you know music selectors and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff so uh, yes Here's to You by Ennio Marconi and John Baez uh, an incredible song in its own right and used incredibly in this game but man it turned out to just be glamour because the game was narratively fucking empty what's your number what's your number <laughs> four can I ask you real quick Skullface the bad guy from yeah. Grand Zeroes is that the same bad guy from Phantom Pain or did they change it all together no he's in Phantom Pain he's oh, right, in Phantom okay. Pain as well okay. yeah, yeah. And but he, who's the real bad guy that's the question the flaming, the flaming lady capitalism yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah it's okay. always capitalism that's what it is yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, techno capitalism uh, our number four uh, comes from another one of your favourite games I think as well So imagine you are a tarnished and you're going through the world of Elden Ring and you've just been terrified for absolutely ages. (laughs) And then suddenly you come up towards like a mountain or a hill or something like that. You're lost, you're confused. Yeah, you're lost and confused. And then you hear this weird singing, this like haunting, horrible singing. And you're like, what the hell is that? You've just spent eight hours trying to beat one boss. Exactly. And uh, you come up and you see these really weird bat-shaped women all singing in a circle and they're called the Chanted Winged Demons. <laughs> and uh, basically they, uh, they're they singing in Latin and it's a perfect example of diegetic music used as uh, world building. So like Elden Ring and all the Dark Souls games are really, really good at doing this thing where they don't really tell you a story at all. You're just kind of in the world and expecting like the story to kind of come out of all these different random things, you know? Yeah, give us a primer on those games for anyone who's never played them. And I have played Elden Ring and I did actually try and think back. I was like, surely there were moments of this and I couldn't quite pick one so I'm glad that you have one yeah so yeah so explain to uh, anyone a, a layman if you will what what this game is Elden Ring um, so like it's uh, half written by George R. R. Martin right it's, that's correct I yeah. believe it's well probably probably fully most of the lore is basically um, and from then From Software are the, the producers and, and the developers and, and they they make these games that have now become known as Souls games which is basically very, very difficult action adventure games. There's a default difficulty. You can't pick an easy mode. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. And if you die, you lose... Everything. Everything, <laughs> all of your progress. So it's extremely frustrating. But Each when game you, has like a base currency. When you're yeah, when you're souls killing the bad guys or whatever, you get this currency. But if you if you die, you lose that currency. You have a chance yeah, to go back and be famous. Yeah. Um, Elden Ring is the most recent From Software game. It came out a year ago, I believe. Yeah, about a year ago, yeah. And to my surprise, I, w- I wasn't just able to play it. I was able to get to the last boss. And I would have mm. beaten the last boss except for I put it down, I went back to it. But like, I couldn't play the Souls games. This one I, I got really into. And yeah, it's so atmospheric and it's genuinely, it gets yeah. under your skin, doesn't like the, it? The design and the art and the, the actual how it feels and stuff is like just an absolute masterclass in world building. And like... You could play that game without lore. That yeah. game is, is so good in its own right that you could play it yeah. without lore and I think that's what's so beautiful about it is the lore is abundant but you have to go out of your way to and actually look for it, it. Yeah. or like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know you recognise these 
chanted winged dames and like you can by all means just walk straight past them and not even think about it I don't remember this bit at all well there's yeah. a full there's a full translation yeah. for the song so basically people it's all sung in Latin, Latin but then people went out and found the Latin <laughs> translations of it and it's like uh, anyone who plays Elden Ring will know what they're talking about which is basically it says the translation is alas that land once blessed now has diminished we destined to be mothers now become tarnished we have lamented and we have shed our tears but no one consoles us golden one at whom you were angry and like Ooh. it's just like like once you can see the translation and they're just singing in Latin so you, if you didn't look that up you would never know that that happened but then like it creates this entire story around that one basis of like a tiny little thing and like it's just I think I think there's something about like the stakes being so high when mm-hmm. you're going around makes it such a like a serious thing to be going around in the world and then these things just like build in this like really iconic it doesn't feel like they've been like inspired by any type of like you know normal modern kind of culture yeah. stuff it's like they've just completely created their own entire world and like it's just so iconic and it's, the diegetics are so good for this one specifically as well yeah like you yeah, could yeah. be coming off uh one of the many infamous ladders or whatever and like it will start softly and it will get louder and in a game like Elden Ring that is that's freaky that's an yeah, awful yeah. thing to and not know where your enemy is and it's not even an enemy yeah 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 and the fact that there's like there's hardly any music in the games you know like Elden Ring is probably has, has a, a bit more than most of them but like you just, it has 126 bosses yeah. it's gonna have 126 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. boss themes <laughs> so it has like boss themes and stuff but the music is so stripped back and like there's there's barely anybody ever talking really mm. and anybody who t- does talk talk and talks in a really deep low whisper and then suddenly there's just like an opera singer way off and you're just like it's like a siren song kind of thing it's just like what the as this, I have to go see what. This yeah, is. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is that, and that's really good, like diegetic world building stuff. Which it's is a very overwhelming chilling. game. Like it's kind of if you stop and really kind of let it, let it, you know, kind of wash over you. Mm. It's quite frightening. Like, yeah, it is. Yeah. A, it's a very ominous, spooky game. Yeah, the, all of them are. All the Souls games are. They're yeah. all designed to be. Elden Ring does have an edge. I will give you that. Now that I think about it, it's yeah. a lot. It's a bit more grim and. And yeah, gruesome, yeah. Like if you see like a cave or something, like the dread that comes over you mm-hmm. seeing that, just just like knowing that there's a cave, there's like, what is going to be down there? Like I can't <laughs> handle this thing. Like, And then like, yeah. And the risk reward is always great as well in it. You know what I mean? Like you always feel like you've like really achieved something every single time that you go through it. Like, yeah. Okay, number three for me. Uh, we've referenced it, but I couldn't leave it off the list. So here's my number three. Oh, my stolen missing parts. I've no need for any more I believe And I believe Cause I can see Our future days Days of you and me Deep, uh, deep, heavy, <laughs> deep, heavy sighs all around. Uh, I should say as well, spoilers to follow, by the way, more than likely. Because, um, <laughs> like, The Last of Us Part Two is the game that is Joel playing guitar for Ellie. 
he's playing a cover of a song. Do you know what song he's playing? I haven't a clue. Can tell you now. No, it's Future Days by Pearl Jam, oh, which is from the 2013 album Lightning Bolt, I believe. Okay. Um, which and I, I was a huge Pearl Jam fan for a long time. I've kind of fallen off them in recent years. I and like when I played this game, I also didn't realize it was Pearl Jam song. I was like, what? So it's a later Pearl Jam song. And, uh, Pearl Jam is a. Oh yeah, but, you know, what, no one knows he's saying that's Pearl Jam. That's yes, it's Eddie Vedder of Pearl Jam, the Jarl King himself. Um, top five uh, no encore Jarl songs. <laughs> Go back and check that one out. It's a fun episode. Um, yeah, but this is like um, I guess this is kind of a quiet Jarl, you know. And Joel is quite gruff. Once again, voiced by Troy Baker here, the aforementioned. And um, yeah, if anyone has never played the Last of Us games or seen the recent television show. Um, mm. you, you'll have no idea what we're, what we're discussing here, but it's a post-apocalyptic world in which most of the human population have died off. Joel and Ellie have been through the wars in the first game, and the relationship is quite strained as this one picks up. And it's a very delicate scene in which he's playing guitar, and he gives her his guitar, which of course later comes back when she's playing the guitar later in the game, and then it comes back at the very end in a very tragic way. Mm. Um, yeah, like these, I think that Naughty Dog and The Last of Us games are extremely good at, at this exact thing. I was just about to say. At just like taking the tension somewhere else. Yeah. And, you know, even even in, even in the moments of downtime, it's just the stakes are arguably even higher than mm. a monster might get me. Isn't it, isn't it amazing how natural, like, their voices and that playing sounds, even compared to your number five, like, you know, like, the, the kind of, the, the way that's being played and the way they talk between it and stuff feels so natural. It's, like, insane. Like, it's crazy. The performance of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, it's it, amazing. It, the, as you were saying about the stakes being high during real lulling, as you might want to call them, parts of the game. Yeah. Like, breathers. Yeah. it's so correct that the stakes are higher at those moments. Mm. Because although it's post-apocalypse, you know, we're all very familiar with that. It's the characters that drive that game so well. What sets it apart from every other post-apocalyptic game. That's all right. So within those moments where it is quiet and quaint, those are the moments that you're you're gasping for. That's what you want from that game. Yeah. And they have you on tender hooks all the time. Yeah. Didn't God, it's so good. When you played the second game, when you finished it, didn't you tell me that you, you had to go for like a long drive? I know, yeah, yeah. See, like, <laughs> like my partner Norma like doesn't play the video game, the, the, that video game, and I was just like, she wouldn't have gotten it. I was just like, I just need to leave for a while. <laughs> I just like need to take off. Stare at the stars, yeah. Homer Simpson. Style. I mean, the, the other thing about that guitar thing as well is that like they've actually put, they put that in as a game mechanic as well. Mm. That is an incredible game mechanic, which is like you can actually play the guitar uh, using your controller in a proper like way. You can actually get a proper like tune out of it. That's you can go back to the you can go back to the I the think theater and yeah. it's there all the time and you can just pick it up you can go on YouTube and see people play other so many notes other tracks on yeah. on those guitars as well it's like an amazing mechanic yeah uh, and again a brilliant world building stuff as well yeah. yeah what did you think of the television series did you watch it I adored it I loved it I thought it was great casting was incredible I liked that the story was different in senses I thought they hit all the points that they need to hit. Um, I yeah I couldn't flaw I couldn't flaw it to be honest I yeah. thought it was pretty pretty incredible I love it as well it's a bit, a bit of a miracle it's like one of the first video game things that like it probably is the that first actually turned video game thing really really well you know it's transitioned to TV yeah hundred percent right. from Prince of Persia in whatever <laughs> film that was. <laughs> We're starting to take Gyllenhaal as, <laughs> yes, as, as the Prince that's of Persia. Movie. <laughs> that's a rubbish I, movie. I've never seen it. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not great. The Super Mario movie as well. Yeah, Mortal Mario Kombat, the original one. That's a good one. Yeah, Enjoy exactly, that. Yeah. And if, you, if you want diegetic music, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> then Mortal Kombat's the one for you. Right, give us your next one. Uh, what are we on? Number three? Number three. 
We join spokes together in a wheel, but it is the center hole that makes the wagon move. We shape clay into a pot, but it is the emptiness inside that holds whatever we want. We hammer wood for a house, but it is the inner space that makes it livable. We work with being, but non-being is what we use. Can you guess the game? I, I, first thing I'm going to ask is, <laughs> are you really using birdsong as diegetic music? <laughs> Ours are yes, like diegetic riddles. <laughs> Can I guess the game? Uh, no. Give me a clue. Uh, Recent? Indie game. Right? Yeah. Indie indie game. How do One main developer. Uh, uh, proper indie darling. He, he The guy who made it hasn't made a video game since? Uh, when did this come out? No, he hasn't. This would have been 2015, maybe 2016. I'm not going to get it. Just tell me. It's The Witness. I've never played that one. Okay. You've never played The Witness? No. Okay, that's one that you should definitely... Got to be like the best puzzle game out there. Yeah. So The the Witness is kind of... It's a... You could have likened it to The Mist. I was just about to say first-person Mist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Except, so basically, you kind of start off and they give you like this one small little square puzzle and you solve it and then you go on to the next one and the next one and the next one. But then it's all on this island and over time you start realizing that like there's puzzles everywhere on the island that you don't... that aren't contained within these like puzzle boxes that you taught in the first place. And the puzzles are are they're like three by three uh, box square grids or eight by eight square grids. Yeah, and each each puzzle, the game itself is genius, but each puzzle amplifies in difficulty. And the first one that you find has no instruction at all of how to do the puzzle. You have to figure out the mechanic by doing the puzzle at its easiest level. And then you move on and so on and so forth. So what exactly did we just hear there? So this one is one of the, one set of those puzzles is... It's uh, one section of the island. Yeah, it's based around diegetic music. So basically you're walking through a forest and you're hearing these birds singing. And then you come up to a box and the box just has like these kind of like little waves. And you can choose to go up or down or up or down. and uh, Three notes. So three a high notes, note, yeah. a medium note, so and a low note. You, wouldn't, you might never be able to figure this puzzle out if you didn't have your headphones on or you didn't have the sound going because the puzzle, and spoilers for <laughs> the 2015 <laughs> Witness, is basically the birds are singing in notes that go like up, down, up, down, or up, up, down, down, or whatever. So then you just do the puzzle of following them. And then throughout, as it goes then, uh, as you go into each confusing one, they start doing this stuff this where like, there's like... of sound. Yeah, <laughs> where they start like having like a voice over saying some amazing thing to distract you from the bird that's actually doing the thing and then suddenly it'll just start like ringing different notes or having other yeah. birds sing at the same time so you're trying to concentrate on these bird notes of bird song that's going up and down to pass through the puzzles and it's like again like and if you hadn't paid attention to that bird song you would never have known that that puzzle could even be completed because you would know how to do it you know it's also the only audio based puzzle within the game within so the say game, there was yeah. like 16 divisions of the island each with its own mechanic that's the only one that's audio based so you can 100% go into that puzzling section and just not figure out never figure it out that's that's the solution the bird call yeah and it's a really really good example of diegetic music so when you figured it out how smug did you feel oh man yeah but that that game is is (laughs) pretty awesome I've still never finished that game (laughs) (laughs) but that game is like built on that type of thing where like you know 
even once you start getting out of the boxes, then suddenly like the world itself has all these puzzles, like even that you walk through or you, you see something and suddenly it's like, oh, wait, hang on. Is that like a thing? And like, so the whole game is built on that thing where it's like, I am a genius when you see those like puzzles and stuff. It's great. It's actually a really difficult game to explain the, the puzzle mechanics. Are, it's very bizarre. It's, it's, it's a solid go, game yeah. though. Okay, well, you've, We've you've, actually been talking about it for the last two weeks though. About like, much, like, yeah. Remember the witness? Like I'm definitely mm. going to go back and play it now. I can't wait. Oh, never even heard of it. I will check it out. All right. Uh, my number two, uh, a game series that is synonymous with diegetic sound. I mean, it, people wouldn't look to it for that reason at all, but it's definitely a massive part of it. But we're going to go all the way back to the beginning of this thing with this. Don't call up the boys and go for a joyride. That would be illegal <laughs> behavior. But back in the original Grand Theft Auto, when it emerged in the late 90s, it was all the rage. And uh, yeah, this is the theme song to Grand Theft Auto, but it also plays on one of the radio stations in the game. So, so that is your menu screen music as well as... Yeah, something in the game as well. It's pretty much like, yeah, like at the intro to That's some cool. degree, and it's yeah, it is like you know because they have like a limited amount of music, and I guess a lot of it was just original c- compositions. But the radio in the Grand Theft Auto series, of course, has become absolutely iconic, yeah. massive, and like they have like like I th- I guess by the time the third one rolled around, it got a bit more interactive. Like you know, you had the the talk stations and that kind of stuff, which was like clearly like scripted. They started on the third one. The, the talk station. The talk station. I think so, yeah. Because like, you had obviously the first two Grand Theft Autos, and there was like the Grand Theft Auto London spin off, etc. Yeah. But, but by the time it went 3D and like in a much bigger scale in the third one, like I, I just remember very vividly the. They um, did have a radio, yeah. But they had like so many different stations and theme stations. Mm. And of course, that extends to Vice City. You have a lot more licensed music then, because of course it's like set back in the 80s. Yeah. So you have like Michael Jackson and all that kind of That's stuff. That's the one that springs to mind to me. Yeah. And, and then, but yeah, uh, Vice City is probably the most iconic out yeah, of all I of them. So. Really, yeah. yeah. Then San Andreas comes along and again, you have like all these different stations. You have a hip hop station, you've got a rock station. It all works and it became is like with the world building, the music and the the digest. And it is digest then because, you know, it's like you, you're in a car, you're throwing on the radio. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's in the world, it's part of the world. And like I say, some of it is completely unique to those series. Like when they have those kind of original dialogue moments and those kind of talk stations, it all works. But if you look at how it's expanded, I mean, like you have now, you know, artists who are queuing up to try and be in the game and you have like artists doing original music for the game yeah. and then you even have like you know oh here's like an update and you have Blonded Radio Frank Ocean yeah. is in the, like Grand Theft Auto 5 so mm-hmm. it has become like a must rival if not defeat the likes of Fortnite aforementioned in the news section there for a platform for artists and it being mutually beneficial but I'd never thought of it that way yeah it's oh, wild yeah. though because I mean, like, if you were an artist it would be such a huge thing and it, you, know, you saw the similar thing happen with like Tony Hawk's for instance absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where like you could a band could be made off yeah. being the song in a video game I like debated that. picking Tony Hawk and I was talking to my friend Carlo about this but, but he was saying like if you pretend that your skater is listening to this I was like well <laughs> it, kind of, it, it can kind of work same with like Burnout 3 and but that then you'd have to have headphones in surely yeah I guess so it'd be difficult every time they form. fall out you know yeah, you can't slide your monitor that would be pretty cool that would be great yeah I'm surprised that hasn't happened but like the Grand Theft Auto series 
series and of course they recently announced they were getting the trailer for the sixth one at the end of the year after 10 years of the fifth one being out like it's a series that I think we've all kind of grown up with to some degree and I was obsessed with like you know this music from the first one like I was obsessed with the first game when it first came out um, I think over the years I've, I've been less and less interested but obviously I cannot wait until the new one because it's less about you know oh like let's fucking shoot and kill people or drive them over it's more like exploring the world mm-hmm. and a big part of exploring the world is I love hearing those radio stations for the first time. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, what am I going to get here? Who do they have on it now? What are the talk stations like? And, of course, it also weaves into the world because, like, you know, as the story progresses, the the news will take over the radio station and tell you, like, you know, it'll reference an event that you've done. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. such an incredible way of building that lore and building that world out. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, to, you know, I think Grand Theft Auto has this thing of, like, one of the main things that it wants you to do is it wants to make you feel like a badass like you know you're a real like cool guy you're driving an amazing car over like the hills in LA or whatever and the music is so important to that and like there's a there's a cool like I love the way there's like whatever there's like eight nine different radio channels so like you would have your favourite and the same thing actually happens in cyberpunk as well where like you have your main radio station that you'll always go to and like even that thing of you get into a car and it's playing the wrong station and you swap over like that's such a like a world building I am the character kind of thing and it yeah. kind of takes you out of the world and, and also my beloved band Health are in uh, both Cyberpunk and the most recent That's Grand Theft right. Auto and Very actually good. your man From Health got the fucking From Software logo tattooed across his chest <laughs> no recently. I thought it was a gag but apparently it's real but yeah just to finish that point what you were saying about the the thing about going to different places in the city I remember vividly playing San Andreas and like when your character is exiled to like you know the rural part of um, of, yeah, yeah. of the state or whatever just like milling around there and listening to like Horse But No Name by America. Perfect. Amazing. Absolutely yeah. perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about that as well, like, like with the locations. I think that was a key part of it was yeah. you'd go out to... My my experience with GTA is quite low. I don't. I didn't play a lot of them. Vice City I would have played quite a bit of. I played a bit of Five, but outside of that, not a, not a, not a massive amount. But yeah, when you go into these locations of like Trevor's vicinity in Five and it is very... Yeah, the music Hillbilly feels different. That kind of yeah. stuff, and like the music reflects yeah. that so well. And every car you get into is playing a it's different playing station. The same station yeah. Yeah, yeah. What I wanted to ask though is, do we know anything about the talk radios? That's what always fascinated me as a kid, mm. and with like because they were performed so well, and they're obviously scripted. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. is there any? Are there any like? big name comedians or writers to do any of those like that point. would be a huge I think thing a, for six if you had Bill Burr talking on your radio yeah, like, yeah, right. I think it's well it's, I think it's mostly been in house because like Dan Hauser who's like one of the big guys at Rockstar Games is the voice of like Laszlo who's right, okay, their okay. big DJ guy yeah. who of course becomes a character in the by, by the time the fifth one rolls around so you know yeah. with, with mixed success in terms of how funny it is but like yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, maybe, like, as the thing is expanded, they have writers who specifically work on this. And they have worked with comedians. Like, in the fourth game, there's a thing where, like, if you go to your apartment and you throw on the TV, there's, like, a Ricky Gervais stand-up special. Oh, right, okay. So they have worked with, you know, names, et cetera. But I think a lot of it is just kind of in-house. Okay. Right. Okay. Those are the best parts about it. Those talk radios are They're great. Hilarious. Yeah. I think Vice so City is, is probably my favorite one out of them. It just, it, like, the, well, the soundtrack is from the like, talk radio to the like, soundtrack is just absolutely incredible. Like, it's so good. Phil yeah. Collins is performing in Vice in Vice City as well. Do you ever see that? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. There's, like, a part where you go in and he does, like, the full, like, song and everything like that. It's insane. Did they do in five, you know, with the stock market? Did they announce those things on the radio? Like, is oh, that a thing? stock market crash? Like, is if you there like, blew the thing you know, big pharma blew up today? Yeah, we yeah. hope you don't have to stop that. <laughs> kind of a combination of narrative and as Dahi, Dahi's beloved emerging gameplay. Yeah. Right, that's my silver medal. What's yours? Uh, funnily enough, our number two is also a radio based um, diegetic music choice. 
Elton Britt is next with a song that, well, frankly, it sounds very irresponsible for several reasons. Here's Uranium Fever. Well, I don't know, but I've been told Uranium ore is worth more than gold. So, my cad, I bought me a Jeep. I got that bug and I can't sleep. Uranium Fever has gone and got me. It's Uranium Fever from Fallout 4. Did I sound like the, the You guy? did. That was pretty good. I like that. That was Uranium Fever from Fallout, Fallout 4. Fallout 4. Yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, so like we we had that conversation as well. It's like, you know, I mean, radio is probably one of the best uses of diegetic music uh, in video games. And uh, we think we reckon Fallout is probably the most iconic out of um, the whole the whole lot of it. Really. Four specifically as well. Yeah, like we were like the, the three or four main things that like kind of make it like the most like best for world building and stuff like that is like the the style of music that's there like people would wouldn't really be listening to that music unless it was for Fallout. I wouldn't have listened to the and Young Spots I, if I hadn't yeah, played Fallout Four. I think a lot of like people our generation would probably like refer to that music as Fallout music. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah that's a good <laughs> which point. is just absolutely crazy. And then as we were talking about with, with the Grand Theft Auto side of things, like um, the they what Fallout does really well with the radio is like when you pass a mission or something like that. Uh, like if something big happens in the world that you've caused then the radio will talk about it and then at one point you actually go and meet the DJ on the radio in his in his village or whatever and you pass his missions and suddenly the entire radio station changes based on the stuff that you did so like that's like an absolutely incredible thing and we were we were talking about as well as that like we're both fairly uh, disappointed with Bethesda's new game Starfield and one of the main reasons why we're disappointed is because there's absolutely no radio in it which no seems space radio. absolutely no insane. space radio it like, seems like such an obvious slam dunk and uh, that is baffling it's That's terrible crazy i couldn't believe that when you said it it was just like, like you don't have no to radio. go like like uh like um hello games uh no man's, no sky. man's sky you don't yeah. have to go and get like 65 days of static to do a whole soundtrack but you know, you know, if we could just have mm. some Ziggy Stardust while I was flying around, that'd yeah. be great. Yeah, yeah, Anything exactly. like that. So there's just nothing. There's nothing in Starfield it's just a vacuum. at all. No. It's just a vacuum. <laughs> the game itself is a vacuum. Yeah, I gave him. I, I gave him up on it pretty quickly. Yeah. It's, just it's like, not great. Unfortunately, just, just felt empty. But Fallout Radio is phenomenal. It's amazing. It, and it's it's probably one of the most iconic kind of video game things in the culture as well. It's like, it seems to be very much like the thing that everybody kind of knows about Fallout as well. Well, New Vegas in particular, which I replayed not too mm. long ago, is full of this. I mean, and of course, it's full of that kind of old style crooner music. And there are like, you know, casinos on the strip that like constantly have music emanating from it. There's a character based on Elvis. There's all this kind of yeah, stuff. And it's yeah. all the throwbacky thing. And yeah, it is that kind of, you know, I think you said it best where it's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, knowingly listen to this if it mm. wasn't for having played through a video game that brings me into that world so well yeah and you will go back I'll go back and listen to I won't look for ink spots but I'll look for Fallout 4 on Spotify yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'll Fallout play 4 music like 10 hours <laughs> yeah all the time <laughs> music to sleep too yeah 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 exactly yeah yeah no it's a huge part of the world yeah like, and they and like even if you're not listening to the radio on your Pip-Boy which is kind of like your watch assistant thing like there's radios all throughout the world as well so you can be coming into this area you go into a house playing, and there's radio yeah, on yeah there's yeah, a radio yeah. playing and you can turn it on and off or whatever but like it's just a lovely way to build your world in a specific I've actually just realised that yeah it's it's you can have that radio on all the time. Yep. Yeah, you Whereas can have it. Yeah. With other radio stations in games, it's limited to a car yeah. or something else. Uh, like if you had Red Dead and you were having that musical uh, yeah, experience yeah. while you were walking around. Always, yeah, no, it'd be killer. But like, yeah, like, 
what's kind of interesting about it as well is that like they you'd be surprised at how little actual songs they have in the video games like you know they, yeah. the the songs themselves are so good that they stand up that you could listen to them a hundred times because like you know I think there's only about like somebody say like only about like an hour an hour and a half's worth of actual music in the video game probably between Which 40 and crazy. 60 tracks maybe if you're playing like that. Uh, whatever 60 70 hour game like you know it's even um it's not quite diegetic but I mean it worked perfectly as a takeoff of this the trailer for Fallout 4 which was set to The Wanderer by Dion yes, that was yeah. tremendous yeah, yeah, like, yeah. and it's 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 amazing as well I mean obviously Fallout is based around kind of what was it the 60s I guess 50s I guess 50s yeah. and there's like a big atom bomb explosion and it's the end of the world so then when you come back out of it all the music is obviously from that time but yeah. they've they've really done a good job of picking music that like uh is perfectly in theme with the rest of the yeah. song, like that uranium. Figure. They always it feels robotic when you're in robotic areas. Yeah, like that yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's great. Okay, my number one. Um, this is a piece of music that is very much public domain, and it's also a piece of music that is associated with this franchise. Uh, it's kind of hard to pick a scene in which it occurs naturally, but I do have one. So, uh, in this clip, we're at a funeral. You're giving me all this as an exclusive. Why me? We admire your objectivity, Rick. Thank you. Don't mention it. We need to get to the chaplain. 47's ashes are going to take pride of place on my mantle. Chaplain! Chaplain! That is Ave Maria, also known as Hail Mary, and it's uh, from the <laughs> Hitman series. That's like Hitman Blood Money, I think, in the context. I mean, to try and possibly explain the lore of the Hitman series. Would be, is there lore? There's, <laughs> there's a cr- so stupid much, amount of lore. So, uh, like a dumb amount of lore. It's crazy. Like the Hitman, let's see, Hitman, if you've never played these games, you play a Hitman. Uh, he's, engineered, <laughs> he's engineered in the lab. He's Agent 47 because he's the 47th or whatever. Basically, uh, in this clip, it's the end of, of Blood Money, and the last mission is... You're in a white suit. They think you're dead. You're not. Hence the heart is beating there. And basically, Ave Maria starts sweeping in and the credits of the game come up. And then it's up to you. You press the button whenever you want to revive and take out everybody in the church to end the game. But you can watch the entire credit run. And if you watch the entire credit run and don't revive him, he just dies. Really? <laughs> it's just weird. <laughs> but like, the Ave Maria theme has been a theme of this franchise I think pretty much from the off or certainly the second game anyway when I started playing it but um, the reason I picked it the most is because not just for that piece of diegetic music there there's a thing in the most recent uh, iteration of the games which to me is maybe the most replayable video game of the last 10 years I have sank so many hours into the Hitman it's like they released them as like 1, 2 and 3 and then combined them as just like Hitman World of Assassination or something Um, and I should say as well before anyone gets worried about me playing a game in which uh, you have to contract kill people these are, you mentioned The Witness, like the Hitman games are the greatest puzzle games I've ever yeah, seen. They're such good puzzle the games. The creativity it's, involved is It's incredible. unbelievable. It's all about like the maps and the weapons you use, the disguises you put on, how you do it, don't get caught, etc. And it's so fucking addictive. 
I can't get over how good the replay value and the and the playability of these games are, and they keep adding modes to it as well. But the reason I'm picking this one isn't just for that funeral scene. It's because, and I I didn't notice it at first until I until I noticed it, and it's like in the new game. I don't know if it's one particular sniper rifle in particular, but like when you aim down the sights of a sniper rifle. Ave Maria starts playing softly, and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, this is what he's hearing in his head as he's as he's focusing on his target. I'm like, that is fucking genius. So do you think that's from? Do you think that's the whole series? Then is that it, it's like a nod. he's hearing it in his head, probably yeah, every yeah, single yeah. time. So it allows you to kind of build your own lore. There's also like you know you have a house in like one of the kind of modes of the game, and you can like you, you can play music on your stereo, and Ave Maria is one of the songs that you can play. So that's it's, a, it's it's wildly baked into it, but um, yeah, no. An incredible series of games with so much emerging gameplay and so much cleverness and not much in the way of diegetic music, but diegetic sound is definitely a huge part yeah. of everything. But also having having recently watched David Fincher's new film, The Killer, which I've talked about on the show just last week, um, that film is essentially this game right down to like font choices. Oh, man. And uh, I, I heard that I, so also. I, so I found it incredibly appealing and uh, yeah like I just thought it was I, like, I, it's a game this is a game series that is just so clever yeah. while also being very silly but it's so clever and the idea of like Ave Maria being his his focus music as he's killing someone it's is great. hilarious yeah. to me it's so. developed a lot over the years as well you know like when Hitman started it was such a like a serious game we're, oh, yeah. we're being seriously Hitman uh, to this stage now where like the newer game which I absolutely love as well is like it knows that it's not taking itself seriously yes. at all you and, can do that if you want to, though. Yeah, but and there's, there's so many opportunities for the like, other comedy. The, the other really good diegetic moment I can think of from those games as well is like there's one point where you're trying to assassinate like the lead singer of a band or something like that, and like yes. there's this point where <laughs> yeah. like you dress up as the drummer of the band because yeah. he's also bald, yeah. and then you walk in and they're like, oh, go over to the drums there, and like you're like, oh shit, but like I don't know how to play drums, <laughs> yeah. and then he sits down and Hitman Forty Seven just happens to be like an he's, unbelievable he's drummer, inexplicably amazing, and he's much. an yeah, incredible yeah, yeah. drummer, yeah. and he's just like belting it out. And I was yeah. like, Whoa. Well, they're like, you got better overnight, that type of thing. Yeah. There's also a, a, a mission where you, there's an opera happening. Yeah, yeah. And like, you have to time your shot because in the opera, like, someone gets like fake shot. Yeah. But you can either replace the bullets in the gun, or you can like shoot them when the shooting happens. And you time it just right. That's so it, while he's singing, like while when he hits his high note. So yeah, yeah it's kind that's of like, what I thought was going to be your Hitman yeah, diegetic yeah. moment. I mean, another, another yeah, it's a great bit. That's yeah. great. And yeah. another great like Hitman moment that has diegetic music in it is like one of the best levels that I've seen is the nightclub in, oh, phenomenal. in Berlin or whatever. I remember saying to you oh before God. you, I played it before you did, it, and I was like, Dahi, I was like, when you play the Berlin level, yeah, like, you've you're it's not, like a, like one you're of the coolest ready for it. Like <laughs> like it's basically modeled on like Bergheim or yeah. And nightclubs are so hard to do in video games because like just dancing looks goofy as anything. And there's nothing like, interesting about yeah, it for a video game. But like game. when you walk out onto that like dance floor, you go down and, to like, these subterranean levels, yeah, and then yeah. bit by bit, and then it just opens up perfectly for you. Yeah, and then it's just like it's like the, whatever like reverb they have on it feels so real and yeah. it's like really bouncing and stuff. Massive just crowd of people you're overlooking on a balcony and the lights going off. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's such a it, it's a genuine triumph of design. These games it almost didn't happen because like the licenses changed and like you know they it didn't make a ton of money but mm-hmm. like it persevered and it's incredible and the developers are currently working on a James Bond game no way which if you use this engine oh, it, could, it could be the greatest fucking game ever yeah, so, yeah, yeah. can but, I ask is there significance to it being Ave Maria or is it just the irony of the song And there probably is and the lore is so complex at this point I haven't gone back and read okay, the earlier okay, games I'm have to deep dive there is that. religious bullshit tied into it and the whole thing is yeah I mean it probably is but like it's all very 
don't know. Yeah, I, I wish I had a better answer for you, but unfortunately, okay. I, I've been hooked on the most. Game, I've been hooked on the most recent game. series. And again, if you haven't played those Hitman games, they will. I, I will say, like, despite the fact that it's a puzzle game, despite the fact that it's knowing and silly, I have been playing it too much because I've noticed in real life now where I'm like, oh, there's a wrench. I could use that too. <laughs> <laughs> to loosen the valve over here. The valve. <laughs> and I'm like, Dave, and like, literally, like, I, I've seen like building and I'm, I see opportunities and I'm like, no, like, stop this. Of course, if I tried to be Hitman, I would fuck it up massively immediately. So don't worry, I'm not going to. Um, and I wouldn't you know be, until you try, this could be... Well, yeah, I wouldn't, yeah, Ave Maria wouldn't be my focus That's exactly music, what an though. assassin like, is saying, actually. What would your my line, focus line It'd be like fucking new metal. Or something. <laughs> 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 It'd be like, like movies by Alien Ant Farm. <laughs> so yeah, so it's a bad idea all around. Anyway, listen, uh, that's my number one. Can I have yours, please? Our number one is uh, a video game that's already been mentioned in our list. Any guesses, Dave? <laughs> Any guesses? Sounds like absolute chaos. <laughs> is it a Call of Duty game? No. No, no, no. Is it a Metal Gear game? It is a Metal it Gear is. game. Which one, though? It's Metal Gear Phantom Pain. Is it Phantom Pain? It is Phantom Pain. I don't Pain. remember this at all. Um, basically, uh, my favourite of all diegetic moments is this thing where uh, uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. you're kind of breaking into bases all the time and in the bases there's often these radios playing tapes and then you go and you take the tape uh, and then you can use that tape uh, at the end of each of your levels or each time that you go out because the helicopter comes and picks you up so uh, you can use the tape and play it over the helicopter. So as the helicopter's coming in to pick you up, it plays these amazing 80s tunes as it's coming to pick you up. And it's such a cool, like set up because you can you're you're it's, it's such a good thing to be going out and you're trying to find these like tapes everywhere to get the best possible music in the video game and then like the the helicopter comes in and kind of collects you and it just feels like this amazing cinematic moment it's like incredible american army like type stuff that like feels just really really cinematic um and it's completely kind of unique to you whichever track that you like it kind of brings in or whatever and then you can do moments where like you know if you're in trouble and the helicopter can come and help you but it'll also play the music while it's helping so like the theme tune thing will be coming over the top and you can like there's certain music that you can use in the helicopter that scares enemies as well so the enemies freak out when they hear the music and stuff like that and run kind away like and everything Ride of the Valkyries and Apocalypse Now exactly yeah same same, same vibe um, and yeah again like as we were saying before as well it's like Kojima has such a good taste in like what type of music should be playing while it's going on and and uh, yeah I absolutely love it it's great have you ever seen there's like a video I if, if I can find I'll throw it in but I may not be able to but like it's someone did a splice of like a bad thing happening versus a good thing happening with the with the kind of the mission reactions oh yeah and it's like it's it like it's 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 a uh, Kaz going like boss you killed a child and then, and, and then it cuts to incredible work boss that's why you're the best outstanding like it's it's so well done like it's fucking incredible boss you killed a child amazing mission complete that right there is why you're the best boss the one and only 
<laughs> a child wants <laughs> like uh, it's just so much fun though and it, like it's it's great like I mean for all I know you, you find that like Metal Gear Solid 5 might have like it's faults and stuff like that but oh, I think there's like, so many of them <laughs> in, in terms of music I think it's absolutely incredible I think as an it's optional so mechanic that is genius yeah, that, yeah, yeah. like something so trivial mm, as this mm. helicopter comes in to help you blah 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 um, could we have it playing Love Will Tear Us Apart yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. probably yeah <laughs> like what other bangers do yeah. we have that we can have on it that's genius like some of the songs that they, have, they have Love Will Tear Us Apart they have the final countdown as well so the helicopter so while playing the final countdown uh, the one that I had for a very long time was Take On Me by AHA incredible uh, and then they have like that Hollow Notes Maneater which is great as well Like, but uh, it's it just it, it, for again like one of those things where diegetic music is such like it, it's an iconic moment of those video games and whenever I think of those video games it's like one of the first things I think of which is deadly you know awesome um, that was a lot of fun boys thank you very much thank you thank you thank you for having me in this wonderful studio as well thanks yeah, for coming to Claire fun. I do miss uh, listen I'll, I'll come down whenever I can it's a it's a gorgeous spot it's a great place <laughs> I'm loving I'm loving life back to the big city tomorrow though well I mean by the time this podcast I'll, I'll already be back nestled in the heart <laughs> of Dublin which hopefully won't be on fire this time um, yes and thank you to Sonic Architect Adam who is editing this one thank after you, Adam. the fact thanks Adam so, uh, any, any further plugs before you go so uh, no um, Beekeepers we were booked up apart from there's one week left in January, January. and there's uh, the weeks are available in February and March now as well so if you're an artist who's looking to uh, write some music um, and get away from everything uh, Beekeepers is available for, we'll throw for a links. link to the website in the show notes oh awesome. Common Threads 2024 Common Threads 2024 keep yeah. an eye out we've got some merch oh the yeah. print's up on, on the website at the yeah. moment and then the Daijo on December 16th as well there you go awesome awesome um, see y'all there on the 16th in the Workman's for Dahi's Im- Improvisation Italo Disco show oh yeah how better to ring in Christmas <laughs> Dahi Ojoni Alex Ridley thank you so much for joining me this week thank you thank you Dave my name is Dave Hanrani this has been No Encore there will be No Encore and I'm off to play Cyberpunk because it's got it's hooked yeah. into me again <laughs> goodbye <laughs>